0: Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center.
1: Good morning, everyone. Can you feel it? Are your hands just ready to get into the soil? Yes. It's coming. It's so close. We're here. I know, because the geese are honking, the frogs out here, wow, early in the morning, late at night, they're croaking away and they're saying, we're coming alive, it's ready, it's spring. We're excited too. And it's always the first sign of spring that inspires us. Hence, the poem, First Signs of Spring. The first signs of spring bring smiles and joy to us all. It is the beginning of rebirth in nature, after the cold winter chills as skies of grey turn to clear skies of cool winds blowing, taking away the mundane feelings of the winter blues as the first signs of spring start. In our seasonal of winter faces, replacing winter chills to sunny, cool breezes, it brings life and renewal back to the cold plains, springing buds that will flourish which will open in full bloom the first signs of spring are beginning for us all spring it is time to see how it all begins for what is way beneath the ground or hibernating in the spring shows itself in nature and its splendor for what decays and withers the spring shows its second coming so just like spring lay low and rest and when ready Begin again. The young of the cattle and the spring of the lambs are all the signs of spring. As the sun shines a little bit warmer, the color of our face glow brighter. And just like the spring lambs, put a spring in our steps. For the winter chill time keeps us indoors a lot. And when the first signs of spring show, the elders can get out more. For spring brings us safer passage for our elders to venture out. We all get more cheerful. We all get more energized with the spring cleaning of our dwellings and the rearranging of our winter schedules, where we also do not dwell so much, as we are more active now that it is spring. Spring, it is the time to see how it all begins, the way the weather beneath the ground are hibernating, and the spring shows itself and nature in its splendor. For what decays and withers, the spring shows its second coming, so just like spring lay low and rest and when ready begin again from wet lay below, below beneath, way beneath the ground during the winter chills spring renews renews its growth and when mother nature shows her splendor so whether together or alone you can feel sad of winter chills just remember just remember no matter what the season the first signs of spring will happen inside When you are ready to begin. Spring. It is the time to see how it all begins. For what way. Beneath the ground and hibernating. In the spring show itself. And nature in its splendor. For what decays and withers. The spring shows its second coming. So just like spring. Lay low and rest. And when ready. We will begin. It is May 7th. And it is a special weekend. It is a weekend for mothers. It is a weekend to be out there. And I must say that a lot of the garden centers are glorious in flowers right now. So if you're thinking of giving mom something as a gift, yes, maybe a hanging basket, but remember, acclimate it to go outside. It's too soon to put outside. But there are so many things that we can be doing in the garden. The foundation of gardening begins now. We're going to go right to the line. Shirley is waiting. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. And
0: yourself? <laughs> oh, fantastic. The sun is shining and I'm trying to melt our big snowbanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I I, I yeah. hear you on that one. It's just, it is piled so high, but I must say mm-hmm. outside my window here, um, my six-foot wall that was against my window is now maybe two and a half feet. So I'm so happy that I can actually see out my window now. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. Where are you calling from? Yeah. I'm calling from Kaleida. Kaleida. Well, good <laughs> and, morning, Kaleida. Uh, thank you. I was just wondering about uh, fertilizer for the flowers and the tomatoes. Uh, what's the difference? And can I use one fertilizer? Uh, like i got a bunch of fertilizer left over from last year. Can I use it? Like if, can I use a flower fertilizer on my tomatoes or should I just buy new stuff or what should I do?
1: Well, if you're in a pinch, like do you know the um, when we're talking about fertilizers, we usually talk about the NPK, which are the three numbers that are on most of the packaging that tell us sort of what we're to target. Now, do you have? Mm-hmm. Do you know which? Do you know which ones you have? Uh, well, I have the for the flowers. It's, it's got pictures of flowers on the outside. I'm
0: not sure what, I, but it's it's a green. Lid or like it, and it's uh, a shakable container, and I can shake it. I but I bought quite a bit last year, and I used all the fertilizer that I bought for my tomatoes and vegetables. But I have quite a bit left over from the flowers. Can I use that on the on the vegetables this year?
1: Well, you probably can because uh, when we're targeting flowers, uh, generally, if you're using a flower one where we're trying to push the blooming portion of it, it's usually a 15-30-15 ratio that you have on that mix. And sometimes some uh, tomato foods, depending on the, the the proportion of it, sometimes you'll get a, a garden food for tomatoes that will be an 18-18-21. You know, it, 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 mm-hmm. in, in essence, it does get quite confusing of all the different ratios because yeah. sometimes you can get yeah. something that's a 9-9 <laughs> and an 11, which has that same equal ratio of percentage across the board. But if you're in a pinch, definitely you can, I would say it's not going to hurt it. Usually in the first stages though, when you're growing your tomatoes, if you're in an organic soil, there's probably enough um, nutrient that's in it. And in some instances, if you're starting your tomatoes at home, if you have grower blend mixes, they usually put enough nutrient in there to last for a little bit. But If you've got the shake-and-feed type of style that's on it, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Mm your granular, you can Mm -hmm. put the granular down. Use it for your animals and your vegetables. And you you might want to, at some point, supplement it with a liquid feed. I know some people like to do the granular feed, but they also like to do a little bit of a liquid feed as well. Oh,
0: okay. I planted... um quite a bit in my garden last fall again. I did it two years ago, too. And the next spring well, last year, being a dry year, uh, the seeds, some of the carrots didn't come up till the fall until we finally had rain, and then they were only two inches tall. <laughs> but the beans, the, the peas did really well. The beets did fantastic in the dry weather. I didn't water. And uh, that, the way I was surprised that the garlic, not so much. And the onions came up really good, and I didn't water. But I planted the seeds in year before in the fall.
1: Yeah, and you I know did what? It again this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one of my uh, my business partner Ken here, who's with me, uh, he said it was his best year ever last year for his beets too as well. So it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. So humve- some vegetables really need that moisture base to grow, and others just thrive mm-hmm. in the in the drier weather.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm hoping this year with all the water, all the snow still on there, it's going to give it enough moisture for the whole year, whether it's dry or not, because we have, uh one garden has still five feet of snow on it. So I don't know how it's ever going to, but we planted last fall just in case we didn't know what was going to happen this year. And if it gets the moisture in the spring, I'm hoping that it'll outlast the whole summer, dry or not. But uh I was wondering if you had heard well how it usually turns out. How, what kind of seeds can I plant in the fall? Like I, I tried a few of them, and the peas and the car- the beets did really good. Onions did good. Um, so what else can I plant in the fall? That except like not potatoes and stuff like that, but
1: yeah, is there anything um, else? Yeah, I love I love doing like beets. Uh, beets you can go in and kale, and I love doing spinach. So those are kind of those oh. cool crops. And lettuce, mm-hmm. Let lettuce oh, too. Oh, you can do that? Yeah, okay. I, I have uh, just a little story. I have a, a one patch in my garden that I've never thrown new lettuce seed into. I always let some of my lettuce, um, I think it looks kind of funky when my lettuce heads get to go <laughs> three feet tall and they have these beautiful florets yeah. on it. And it drops its seed and I've never sown lettuce uh, although oh. you know, I like to sell lettuce seed, but I keep cycling my mm. lettuce, and I just scatter, let the okay. wind blow it, and let it grow. So there's a couple there more for you, okay? Yeah, I know dill does, but I, I it just
0: goes crazy,
1: <laughs> dill in my oh. garden. So well, I'm a yeah. dill girl, so the more dill, the merrier. <laughs> oh, I can give you lots. <laughs> Actually,
0: we gave it to the thrift shop the last couple of years now. And I had so many beets, I gave them to the thrift shop also, half of the the row, because I had, like, way too much, eh? Oh,
2: well, that's
0: wonderful. Yeah, I was surprised that every, I think every seed grew, even with all the lack of rain all summer, that I still had lots of beets, and the peas did wonderfully. Oh.
1: Anyway, thank you very much for for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing your stories. Okay. Okay, have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. So let's go to the lines. Good morning, Helen.
3: Yes. Uh, I would like to know whether, if I would cut my own flowers for uh, making arrangements, could I use uh, ordinary fertilizer in the water, and, like I don't have these little envelopes that you get from the florist shop?
1: Yeah, you should be able to. I wouldn't uh, do it full strength. I would do it a little bit... Um, uh, weaker that's on there because those are more of fertilizers. It's not necessarily a f- uh, fertilizer to keep the flowers growing, but is more of an um, uh, um, enhancer to keep them fresh. Okay? Yeah. So yeah if and I sometimes, ju- free, sorry. Sometimes, if I free... use, uh,
3: like Schultz's uh,
1: fertilizer. Yeah, I would say if you want to use a little bit of that, that would be good. Uh-huh. The well. other thing, Helen, when you're doing your cut flowers, uh, is when you do your cuts of your stems, try and get them into the liquid as fast as you can. Okay. And the other thing, too, is when you put the stems into the vase of water, make sure that you strip or gently remove some of the leaves off the stems so that we don't have any uh, leaves underwater, because it's the leaves that go into the water that make it yucky fast.
3: Uh-huh, right.
1: Right, because the leaves will get moldy first. And frequently changing your water too, keeping it fresh.
3: Oh, okay. And then I was adding a little bit of that a little, that fertilizer.
1: Yeah, you can give a little bit of a zip. Maybe there's some florists out, uh, out there that are listening that uh, have some other suggestions for them. Because it's more of a preservative to keep them going. Yeah, in there. right. Yeah, yeah. What kind of flowers do you grow that you use as cut flowers? Uh, I like sweet peas. And, uh, Baby's
3: breath Well, I have, yeah, I have a lot of baby's breath And sweet peas And um, Well, whatever I find I, I grow lots of flowers Oh, beautiful How about uh, Have you ever done zinnias? Oh, yes, I have some zinnias But I'm not too good with zinnias uh, Gladiolas, I have a lot of
1: those Oh, beautiful Those are beautiful flowers that you can have Right yeah, and even uh, some of the carnations, I remember my, uh, my grandmother loved carnations, so she would always have a little bit of the carnations that are in there.
3: Yes, I always have carnations, they're, they're, they're lovely.
1: They're lovely and they last long, another one that is really, really good to use and florists use it for quite a bit in their arrangements and if you can grow them is Alstroemeria, so it's another, and Lisianthus, I love, those are beautiful flowers. Okay, that's okay. I haven't tried. Okay, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank uh, you for listening, Helen. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, we have a caller on the line. Good morning, Martha.
2: Hello, uh, Carla.
1: Yes, hi, good morning. How can we help you on the Lawn Garden Journal? I
2: have, I'm not sure if it's aloe but it's like a, a a plant that's too mean- which is to heal sores? Yes. And um I have this one plant that seems to make two I already have ex, two extra plants in the pl- in the pot? Yes. Then is it okay to get uh, other p- other pots to bring put the small pl- plants in there?
1: Yeah, actually, um you can with the aloe vera and the aloe vera family is huge. There are so many different species of aloe. So if you have the medicinal type of one that's in there, they sometimes create um the mother plant, but then you'll get these little offsets or what they are like little, we call them pups that come off the side that are the beginnings of new plants. What, are they very small or are they a, a little bit bigger?
2: They start up as small things, and then they gradually grow up just like the mother plant has.
1: Yeah. Well, if if they're uh, mature enough that's on it, you know, uh, three inches bigger or that is usually the size that I like to do my little divisions that are on there. If you're doing that, you can gently lift up from the soil, uh, separate it, because sometimes on, and work with your soil when it has some slight moisture into it. I find that uh, when the soil, when you're even doing your transplanting of seedlings and mature plants, if you work with the soil when it's damp, you can easily pull those pups aside and you can put them into um, a new container. Now, I would put it in a fairly smaller container uh, to begin with because the roots are not going to be very extensive. So you want to go into a smaller size pot so that it adapts to that condition in that area first for a little bit of a time frame, okay?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm even surprised this pot has tipped tipped a few times, oh. and I, <laughs> I've I've put the stuff back in, and it still has worked this way. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know what? With the aloe vera, it's yeah. It, you know what? It happens because aloe vera plants—they are top heavy. It's like cactus too. Like they have shallow—they have shallow roots where you don't need this huge pot. But what you do need, uh, if you do transplant it, and then if you're going to put your mother plant back into that size pot, or maybe it's opportunity, Martha, that you can go up a size in the pot, maybe an inch or two. But a little hint with cactus and with, um, sometimes with the aloe, if it's tipping the pot over, maybe get a pot that's slightly deeper and put some, uh, river stone or some rock or something that's heavy on the bottom of it so that it holds the pot from tipping over. That might help <laughs> you. Okay. Okay.
2: Uh, okay. Uh,
1: okay. Well, enjoy the day and thank you for calling in. Thank you. Good day. Okay, bye bye. Let's go right to the lines. Edna is waiting. Good morning, Edna. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling uh, from? I'm
4: calling from Maryapolis.
1: Maryapolis. Yes. Where Where is Maryapolis?
4: I'm between um, on the road to, where would I say to Balder, twenty three highway, just east on you go east on twenty three. From Thirty Four Highway.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, I think you're our first Maryapolis person.
4: I'm not surprised, but I think there's others that listen.
1: Oh well, well, hello, Maryapolis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Lawn and Garden Journal.
4: Good. Um, how, co-
1: how can we help you today?
4: I've I've started some cinnamon basil, and I'd like to know how to use it.
1: Oh. Well cinnamon basil, you know what I've never cooked it with it myself, but there's i guess it's like I find that have you t- ever tasted it before? Have you had any little new leaves come up
4: oh yes i have and and it's very aromatic and it's it is basil, but it's also cinnamon and i just i'm just curious I have quite a few i had real success with uh growing it, and I'm going to give them away but i I think I have to tell them what to do with it.
1: (laughs) You know what? It's so true. And uh, it's probably one item. uh, I know that we love just uh, large leaf basil and some of the purple basils because when you're looking at some of the flowers, they make beautiful colorants for vinaigrettes and that. But with the cinnamon basil that's in there, the one thing that would probably pop up in my mind, how about cookies? Like, that might give it a little bit of a different sort of twist that's to it. Yeah. You know, I've never tasted the cinnamon basil myself that's on it, but it sounds like it would be very culinary, you know. It's much
4: more delicate a leaf than uh, the sweet basil, because I have, you say basil, and I say basil, I don't know which is
1: (laughs) right. (laughs) Tomato, tomato.
4: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it, I... You know, I know exactly what to do with the regular stuff, but this is interesting, it's finer but and it could I'm sure I could chop it up fine and throw it in some cookies that's yeah,
1: you certain. know what i just I just googled right now sorry, okay, I've got a computer right here, and I thought, okay, I gotta google this. so I actually put it on, and cookies comes up, and jelly comes up jelly. Jelly, can you imagine? Um, I have a sister that lives way up north, and uh, we always talk about tomatoes. And unfortunately, she has such a a short growing. She's always telling me that she does a green tomato jelly, and they love it.
4: Oh, I guess so. So You get that fresh
1: taste. You get that fresh taste Mm -hmm. and everything else. But, you know, um, that might be good. Or even, what about if you made, I I don't know, cinnamon and maybe some pork? that was in there that might go right you know, contradictory yeah. for putting it on maybe right. some pork yeah. recipes that's in there too as well okay oh, okay you have my you got my taste buds going here
4: <laughs> yeah sounds sounds good uh, sounds like something worth trying thank you very
1: much oh you're welcome and thank you for opening our our world to cinnamon basil to what to do <laughs> and you know what if you do those cookies you have to let us know how they turned out okay right Okay,
4: Wonderful. will do. <laughs>
1: okay, thank <laughs> have you. Have a good We're, day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. We're going to go right to the lines. Judy is waiting. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Good morning. How can we help you on the lawn and garden journey? Uh, when when the snowbank
5: left my backyard, I have two mugo pines there. Not big. Uh, they have been in for a few years, but it's likely shadier than they would like. But this past winter they have just lost so many of their needles they look uh, they look terrible some branches are completely bare i'm not sure if they're going to get any of the little you know sort of budding tips on them um and then also up by the house i have a juniper and it has been fine for maybe the five years that it's been in there and again it too lost so many needles over the winter, it's looking next to dead.
1: Okay. So if I ask more questions, um, do you have a pet? Is it, And is the needle lost at the bottom or all over? Pretty much um, all over. Like, there's a few needles at the top
5: of the juniper, Okay. Um, but they don't even look green. And yes, I do have a pet, and I have a cat, but she's okay. not around either of those. I have okay. other spots where I've taken out my, um, say, my dahlia or something or my of lilies from the flower bed. She will go and dig in there, and I'll have to dig out the soil and replace it in the spring. Okay. But okay. She's, not, like, she's not out all winter. Yeah. Um, and other than the last couple of days, she's, you know, maybe ventured off the patio.
1: Yeah. Okay, the reason why I'm saying that is because... Um, I wasn't really inferring to the cat, but I was more inferring to the uh, a dog, because oh, okay. I I have um, I have a short dog, and my evergreens used to go completely. I used to have pyramidal cedars and moogle pines and everything that used to go directly to the ground, and she would venture and go around and around a lot of the trees and creating these pathways. And as the animals or your pets brush against some of your um, evergreen trees, especially uh, pyramidal cedars and all that kind of stuff, the branches are actually or the needles are actually quite brittle. So every time they get a repetitive brush, and sometimes rabbits will do this too, you'll get some droppage from that. Now on the mugo pine, uh, if deer are not eating it, if that's not the cause that's on it, some animals will nibble on some of them. So you may get some loss from that. But if you're getting a rusting effect, like where it looks really kind of yellow golden to almost orange... That is a desiccant that happens, and it basically the cells of your uh needles are drying out because of a lack of moisture from the previous season or you get a reflective matter off of the snow bouncing onto your leaf structure that causes the cells of those needles to open up, and then when you get the cold winds, it dries those cells out. So you could have a couple different scenarios that are happening. Well, these on are that. very short
5: mugle pines, like yeah. I mean maybe a foot high, and so they were buried under the snow all winter.
1: OK all
5: um, right. and they are in um, sort of a, a borders, so there's, you know, w- wood on one side and on the other, so that it's not really that things are walking around them and brushing them. You know, there's all other kinds of perennials in that um, long, narrow bed that's there.
1: Okay, and is it in deep shade or in, in bright light? It, it is in shade. It'll
5: get some morning sun. It's getting, you know, some morning sun right now. Yeah. Um, it will be shaded, you know, most the afternoon, and then um, get some sun later in the evening.
1: Okay. Um, I would say maybe it might be effects of the winter. It might be the effects of having, uh, we just coming through two years of drought that's on it. Sometimes yeah. it gets stressed like that. But if it's up against a foundation, and if it's up it's against... Not against a foundation, just it, it's at the back of the
5: yard, yep. but... But there is uh, what I say it's like a you know a flower bed that's made there, and then yep. there's trees on the south side of that area
1: okay well, if it's like I was going to say for different scenarios, if it's against uh, areas where there's mature other mature trees right if other mature evergreens and tall shade trees, uh, you have you do have some competitiveness on the moisture aspect there too as well. And generally, your larger trees are going to take up a lot of the moisture faster between your your shallower rooted plants. It gets yeah.
5: watered with the all the perennials that are in there. You know, there's yep. some, um, there's what iris, there's hookah, there's um, you know all kinds of things in that bed. So it is watered with all of that. Is there a disease also? Because some of the needles would were turning brown and falling off as well. Is there a a, a disease
1: of the evergreens that causes that? Well, you could have some scale that's on there. Um, sometimes there's a white cast that you can get that if you're looking at the needles and there's a little bit of a whitish tinge to some of the needle branching. Um, in order to sort of see that, we would need a sample of some of the the needles when they're actively growing. Okay. You really can't see it when it's on the brown or the orange state that's on there. But let's try and promote healthy growth and then see how it goes. And like you said, the bud set for your cedars and your evergreens is placed, is started in the past season that's on it. So last fall, the bud sets have already been set on that. So if there's still viability in a lot of your shrubs, then your new buds will open and it will basically disguise some of the older needles that are on there. But your needles that are gone further down, they yeah. will not recover. You know what I'm, I'm look,
5: looking at it right now, and I'm thinking that a lot of these branches have been chewed off at the end. So it's either the deer that have come along and eaten them or the rabbits, one of the two yeah. that I get in my yard because they just, they look kind of snapped off and then there's some brown needles and then there's a little bit of green down lower than that. Yeah. But
1: so if, yeah, because generally if they're green, they're going to eat all the green. They're not going to eat the brown unless <laughs> they're really hungry. <laughs> so, and I love that you're out there in the garden looking because this is the time too. Uh, like, you know, um, I, I'm the gardener, whereas my husband would be the golfer. And he even noticed this year on one of my trees, he's like, you better go look at that tree because it's got rabbit damage at a six-foot level. So you could tell the capacity of where some of the snow is. Whereas another gentleman just came in uh just a couple of days ago, and he said, uh, I didn't understand what was going on with my tree, but I had all this rabbit doo-doo around, around this it. one tree. But... The rabbits that he didn't see, they were they're called rascally rabbits for a reason. <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> they had burrow he had told me that they had burrowed a little hole in the back of the snowbank and had a nice tunnel to the bottom of his tree where uh when the snow melted, I guess some of the uh dandelions were still going they were eating the dandelions but they had totally eaten the entire three foot bark of his lower tree so they had a they had a nest a nice cozy little place and they had a food source so they are rascally rabbits and i won't say what the deer are but they do the same (laughs) amount of damage is there anything carla if these uh, ends are
5: all eaten off they're not going to get new buds are they um you know, useless now? Is there anything to do with them or just dig them out?
1: Well, you know what? Let's do patience. Patience is a virtue and patience will give us a true indication because a lot of things are not opening yet. So I'd say you're still early. The ground is going to be frozen. You're not going to be able to dig it out anyway. Okay. So... Let's garden somewhere else, leave it for a couple of weeks and see what it is. But I, I'm probably going to say you're going to visit someplace for a new shrub if, it, <laughs> if it's affected that bad.
5: <laughs> I have another question. I have geraniums that I've kept over the winter. We can't seem to find the speckly ones that we like this spring. But these are quite tall, right? They've got nice, healthy leaves on them. If I cut them, you talked last week about pinching off and and how that would make it branch out the sides. If I cut off six inches off the top, is that going to make the rest of my uh, geranium stalk send out new shoots?
1: Yes. If you pinch off, uh, we I call it, like it's your basal branching. It causes all the other leaf sets. So if you have a leaf set that's lower down, wherever that leaf set is, is a potential point for another branch to come forth. Would that
5: be where the leaves have fallen off as it's come up the stalk?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. But if it's very, very woody, it's going to take a period of time for it to emerge further down on that older wood, okay? Those so stems are still green? The stems are still green, so you will get emergence from there. So if you're wanting to take some slip cuts from the top little portions of it, make sure that you have at least two leaf nodes that you can take off, and then your bottom slice cut would be another node for root development. Okay. Okay? Thank you so much. You're welcome, Judy. Thank you, everyone, for spending time with us on the Lawn Garden Journal. I hope you envision what your garden is going to look like this year. Think about it. Have fun with it. Plan it. We'll be back next Saturday on the Lawn Garden Journal. Bye-bye, everyone.